today's message um, deals with a very vital, extremely vital and important aspect in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a message that unfortunately a lot of pastors kind of shy away from because it's just, they don't feel it's right. They feel that they'll be impinging, stepping on toes. But listen, the Word of God says in chapter 20 that Paul said that he did not fail to bring the whole counsel of God to his people. And I know from my associations and interrelational uh, experience with my brother, your pastor, that if we are going to receive the full blessing of God in our lives, we need to consider the whole package and we need to be faithful when he comes into our door and knocks. Today message, today's message is called prayerfully giving to God. Listen to this. Prayerfully giving to God, move him in a powerful Moving, move, pray, prayerfully giving to God, move Him into powerful action for you. Prayerfully giving to God, move Him into powerful action for you. just want to say a little prayer, if you could just bow your head. Father, I thank You for this time. Lord, uh, it's been a warfare and a half just getting here to preach these messages. Uh, I remember a few times, Lord... Uh, just telling uh, my wife, I don't think I'm going to go. It's just, it's just it's too ridiculous what's going on. But Lord, it's in your plan. It's in your package. This is for your people. You want to bless your people. And Lord, uh, just pray that tonight, that, that, that you would open eyes, ears, mind, heart, and will, Lord. For what good if we open up our eyes, ears, and our minds and close our wills to your word, Lord. So, Lord, uh, tonight I read the Logos word, but also I speak the Rima word that will move forward in this congregation and is going to, I believe, revolutionize their giving in such a manner that they will never be the same, Lord. Lord, I pray for a mighty impartation, Lord, that your people would not get cheated out of any blessings that the enemy is holding legality against them. Father, I declare that in the name of the line of the tribe of Judah, the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, that this stronghold over this congregation is broken in the name of Jesus. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, reign in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the Bible, in the Bible, God sees prayerfully giving as, as a deep, or let, let me put it a better way. The, in the Word of God, God sees when you prayerfully tithe. You know, we are so used to just putting in the offering plate, okay, what we have left over, what just got to put in there because it looks good. Um, and a lot of times we give the whole tithe, but we... Forget that God wants you to give it in a prayerful manner. Okay? And we're going to find out why God wants you to do that. Okay? But in the Word of God, God sees prayerful, prayerfully, when you prayerfully give, God sees it as a deep, as a spiritual, as an intense and intimate experience and expression of your faith, of your love, of your trust, of your thanksgiving, of your praise, of your worship, of your surrender, and of your partnership and union with God. That's heavy. That's how God sees giving. 
when you give it prayerfully, okay? That means when I'm saying prayerfully, is that you do it intelligently, guided by the Holy Spirit. You see, God desires His people to prayerfully give to Him, not out of compulsion, certainly not out of duty and forcefulness, but rather out of a believing, spontaneous, natural, cheerful, and generous way. And hear me out. He wants you to do it in that way, but He wants you to do it with expectation. Okay? He wants you to do it with expectation. Not so much because like, okay, Lord, I gave... No, not like that. It's like, Lord, I gave you and I give to you because you first gave me your best in the Lord Jesus. And I thank you because, I'm, Lord, today I am claiming my position as your servant. Hallelujah. And I'm just going to make a pact with you and you are going to release your blessing. What a difference when we give like that, right? This morning or this evening, better yet, usually I'm so used to giving this message uh, in the morning. This evening, um, we want to look at that, at, uh, at the powerful outcome of what happens when God's people resolve and determine in their hearts to prayerfully give to God the way He wants to, not the way we're used to. Okay? When we do it, in this way, the way He wants to, God says that He will open up the floodgates of heaven for you. He'll pour out such a mighty blessing that'll break every curse, every bondage, every aspect of poverty. You see, what I'm trying to tell you right now, that giving is a matter of faith right here, folks. You just don't give. You know, we are so used to this is a hard message, but you know, it's a, it's a message that's going to break and it's going to revolutionize not just your giving, but it's going to revolutionize how you see the reality of the blessing that God wants to pour on your lives financially. Now, you know that uh, I've been struggling and there's kind of I'm faced with bankruptcy and uh, my business is just waning. And listen, in the kingdom, there's no secrets the, vulnerable, the more vulnerable and transparent you are to the Holy Spirit, the more He's going to reach out and help you. It's when we hide, okay, that we fall into danger. But, you know, listen, I'm going to tell you, we've been struggling, it's been tough, but you know what? Uh, my wife teeter-totters here and there with that. But you know what? I made a pact a while back. I said, Lord, no matter what happens in my life, you are going to get the tithe and you're going to get over and above offerings. Now, that's tough, because I'm going to share with you, there are times that uh, missionaries come into our church. I belong to Metro Church. It's a charismatic, just on fire for God church. And sometimes you have missionaries. And, you know, they'll take the, they'll take the tithes for the church and then they'll ask for an offering. And, uh, boy, I tell you, sometimes the Holy Spirit says, oh, Michael, I want you to give everything that is in your wallet. That's tough. Sometimes you get paid and you're like, yikes! Okay, and you know maybe you're not there yet, but you know what? Some of you will, and I trust that all of you will get to that part because, boy, I tell you, I've given a lot of times everything. I give this, I, and I give the glory to God. Lord, I'm just giving you praise and glory. That I've been just prompted by the Holy Ghost, just give, Michael, because you're sowing a seed. Just give, Michael. We had a prophet, Danny Kramer, come.
Everything that was in my wallet, don't have to tell you what it was, I gave to him. Okay? We had another pastor from Costa Rica. Once again, everything that was in my wallet, I gave to him. I don't have to tell you. Okay? Because it could be $10 or $500. It doesn't matter. The widow gave a mite and she gave more than everybody in the temple. Because she gave from her heart. And that's what God looks at when we give. Just to stir your faith. Just some memory, some memory verses that it's good to just to just stir your face. Uh, faith. Oh, face. Wow. What? You mean your faith? Face? No. <laughs> God's word says that all things are possible to him that believes. Nine twenty-three of Mark. Five thirty, five thirty-six of Mark. It says this: Don't be afraid. Just believe. Hebrews 11.6 says this. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to God must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Matthew 19.26 Nothing is impossible with God. 2 Corinthians 5.7 We live by faith, not by sight. The latter part, the last part of 1423, which is one of my favorite scriptures in the Word of God. Romans 1423, what is not of faith is sin. The faith that bears fruit, brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, the faith, it's a secret, but it's so obvious and conspicuous in God's kingdom. Can somebody close that window? I'm just getting a little bit, and I don't want pastor to get too much because he's kind of wrestling with a cold too. Thanks a lot, Marcus. God bless. <clears throat> the, f- the faith that breeds, that bears fruit in God's kingdom. Listen, it's not one that is born in your mind. The faith that bears fruit is the faith that is born not in your mind, but in your heart. Okay? So giving is not a matter of your mind. It's of your heart. When you became saved, you believed with your heart. When you come up for healing, you believe for healing with your heart. When you come for the baptism of your for the Spirit, you believe with your heart. When you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you operate with your heart. Very important. We need to uh, understand that. But let's talk about tithing. When did tithing begin? When did Tithing began. Really, it really started with Abraham, okay? With Melchizedek, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But the attitude, hear me out. The attitude, the right godly attitude that God accepts and blesses was modeled for us. It is in model for us by the godly example of Abel. Let's turn to chapter three, chapter four of Genesis, please. Everybody go to chapter 4 of Genesis. Hallelujah. When you have it, say amen. Let's read and just follow along with me. Now listen. Listen here what's going to stand out. Okay, This is the incipient. That's a million dollar word. This is the commencement. The beginnings of the tithes that the Lord, the offerings that the Lord was, uh, the plan, the establishment of this uh, service that we render unto the Lord of worship 
Because when you give, you really are worshiping the Lord. Do you know that tithing and giving your offerings, it's a form of worship? Listen, listen to what we have from Scripture beginning in chapter 4 of Genesis. It says, in the course of time, Cain, it says, in the course of time, Cain brought some, listen here, listen to those words, some, I'm going to emphasize and sensationalize some of these words. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Now look at verse 4. But, but Abel brought some? No. It says that he brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. Now look what happens. Already, right? Cain, some, Abel, fat portions. Look at that. Cain brought some, Abel brought fat portions. And it says this, The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but... On Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Verse 6 now. It says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Verse 7. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door it desires to have you, but you must master it. Listen here. What's the difference between these offerings? It's obvious right there and then, as we dichotomize, as we separate these two, that the obvious conspicuous difference is in the attitude of their hearts. God looks at the attitude of your heart and my heart when we give. Remember that. It's obvious right here that we can just look and begin to break this down. And Cain gave out of duty. He gave out of duty. With no faith, careless, thoughtless, heartless, a limited offering. But Abel gave thankfully. He gave prayerfully recognizes God's blessing on his life. Abel gave generously. He gave out of faith with a pure heart aimed at pleasing God. That's powerful, right? God is just saying, He's not even looking at the sacrifice. He's seeing at, at the worship mannerism that He's bringing in His heart. He's, bringing, he's already bringing the best, but it comes before the Lord and some good things to talk about. Think about it. Think about it. Hey, come on. This is, this is real serious stuff. Some of you are going to be, some things are going to be broken of your life. You're never going to be the same. Things are just going to just, just bloom in your life. It is here we see the first glimpses or how right prayerfully giving challenges God to release His blessings on His people. In this case, prayerful, prayerfully giving to God released the blessings of favor over Abel, 
of our acceptance of our Abel, of a greater intimacy with God for Abel. You know what? God wants the same, no difference for you and for me. Praise God. Let's look at Abraham's life for the same principle re repeated three times. Okay? Three times this principle is going to be repeated. But in each case, I want you to really focus on those two aspects of when you prayerfully give, there is an outcome that happens. It's always going to happen. It's just like when you sow cherries, you're not going to get apples. You're going to get cherries, breeds cherries. Okay? So I want you to just focus. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to make sure that you hear me out when I point out to the prayer, okay, to the giving and to the outcome so you see how this principle, how this spiritual principle has to be applied in our lives for it to work. And it starts with Abraham. Okay? Turn to chapter 14 of Genesis. And just hold there. Now, how many of you, uh, honestly, that is, you don't have to be embarrassed, how many of you have read through Genesis? How many of you? Most of you. Praise God. Amen. So you know these chapters. Great. Excellent. Okay, so the situation here in Genesis is this. Okay, since you are good Bible readers, and you know the uh, pretty much the chapter 14, what it says here. I'm just going to just go over the situation, okay? Lot is captured by these warring kings. These are wild kings. They have their armies. They have trained men. They go in and they, they ransack and they sack places and they take everything. In this case, Lot was, was sequestered, okay? He was kidnapped by these kings and is in need of rescue, Okay, that's the situation, okay? Okay, now listen to how the prayer is coming here. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that Abraham prayed, okay? But in verse 14, Abraham pursues the king, okay? And in verse 15, it says in chapter 14 that at night, Abraham takes some key men, about 300, what is it, 306? 318, that's correct, alrighty. 318 men, and he goes and he attacks. Okay, now it doesn't say that he prayed. But could you picture Abraham going like this? Dear Lord, I'm going after these evil men. Give me the victory. Let me bake them down to powder. Ah! Get out! Jehovah! Can you picture him? I do. This man loved God. <laughs> He's a giant in the faith. Look at the outcome. Here's when we have the little glimpses of how the tithe became a reality in the Old Testament and in the New. The outcome. Abraham rescues Lot, okay? He rescues Lot and recovers everything. And he meets a man by the name of Melchizedek which is translated, he's the king of Salem. Back then it was Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem. So Melchizedek checks Abraham out and he just discerns that there's this huge anointing and blessing on this guy. He just picks it up in the spirit. Okay? He picks it up. And he blesses him. 
He blesses him. And look what he blesses him with. Look, turn with me, chapter 14, verse 19. Actually, let's look at chapter 14, verse 18, beginning. Follow along with me. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed Abram. This is when his name was still Abram. It's not Abraham yet. Okay? And he blessed Abraham, right? After seeing the victories got, he just discerns, he sees him. Says, whoa! He gets wine, he gets the bread, and he comes before Abraham, and he blesses him. Right? After just discerning this anointing because of the victory that he just won out there with 318 men. And he says this, listen, Blessed be Abraham by Most High God, Creator of the heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Here's where we see the beginning of the tie. Look at what it says in the, the, in the next part of verse 20. Then Abraham gave a tenth of, a, of everything that he had. Now you and I, we have to look at this. Now you know that I love the word. and That's right, the Lord has given, but by His grace, He has given me a teaching anointing to preach the word in clarity. Um, we have to look. Okay, what is it? Why is it that he gave him a tenth of everything that he had? Okay? When he gives him a tenth before Abraham, I believe gives him a tenth of, Abraham, of everything that he had. I believe that when Melchizedek begins to bless Abraham... Okay, the bulb just goes on in his head. <laughs> goes on in his head. And you and listen, listen, listen here. I know that this is just to get your attention so you don't fall asleep. Okay? The bulb goes on in his head, and while he's blessing him, this is the way I see it. Okay? Abraham is just beginning to get convicted of what happened in the battle. Three hundred and eighteen men coming against train, thousands. And they beat him to a pulp. Okay? He realizes the bulb go on. The bulbs go on. The bulb goes on in his mind. And he realizes that God's total involvement in all of, of this. He sees the Lord just involved. He says, Wow. Yeah, this man is he's a high ranking priest. And I discern too in my spirit that this man is of God. And he's blessing me. But why is he blessing me? Because I that's right. Hey. Those guys back there, they just kind of like looked at us and they ran the other way. It's like we had like all this army behind us. We're just 318 men and we just beat them to a pulp. His bulb goes on and just, right, he notices God's total and complete and entire involvement in all this. That's why he gives them the 10%. Abraham recognized that the miraculous victory he just won, okay, is founded in the faithfulness of his God. The faithfulness of his God who had committed himself to always be faithful, present, to bless him, and to deliver Abraham from all evil and harm. How do we know this? Well, look, we're going to go into Genesis 15, but I want to pause here and break that down so you can chew it a little bit. Okay, listen, the tithe, the tithe, are you recording, is this being recorded? The tithe was born, okay, the tithe was born out of a miraculous, 
out of a miraculous situation in which there was possibly no way that Abraham could have wiped this guy unless the hand of Almighty God was present with him. You're talking about trained men, warriors, trained to kill without mercy. And this guy just takes trained men from his household, 318, and he pulverizes them. He says they recovered everything. But it's a prefiguration and a picture that is going to come to our lives. That we don't have to get to times like that. But they will come. Where God says, I know where you are. I'm in a situation like that and I'm trusting God all the way. I got a confession to make. It's going to blow you away. But I trust God that, that you'll trust what God is doing because you're part of this blessing. Okay, There are times, let's take it a little deeper, there are times that you are going to find in situations okay, that there is no way in possible uh, your rational mind that you can get out of this. And the only way to look is up. The tithe was birthed in a situation where a desperate need occurred and Abraham called upon God and God came through and delivered him. But it was sealed by a pact that he made with God. And that pact was, is that he gave him the 10%. That's powerful. Deep. There's a pact that he made with God. And look, pay close attention here. Look how much this tithe that came out of the rightful attitude once Abraham discerned what God had done, look to see if God accepted what he did. It gets even better. It gets even better. Turn to me right there to chapter 15 and look what happens. Chapter 15, verse 1. God remembers Abraham prayerfully giving his tithe, his offering, that, that offering, that tithe, right? And he says to him, right? Listen what he says in chapter 15, verse 1. He says what? What does he say? He says this. He says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in Ephesians. Now look. Look retrospectively. Remember the context. We're just so used to just reading chapter 14. Okay. Chapter 15. Okay. Ba, 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 ba. Look at the context. Look what just happened. Abraham just finished giving the tithe after recognizing that God came through for him. He establishes a pact. God, you'll be faithful. You'll be present. You'll bless me. You'll deliver me. You'll protect me from all harm. That's the pact right there. Now look, 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 what's, look to see what God does and how he receives this tithe, his attitude coming from his heart. He says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. Verse 1. What does he do? What does he say? Look what he says. Abraham, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Abram. What does he say? I am your shield and your very great reward. From an act of obedience, of giving to the Lord what the Lord already placed in his heart to do, like Abel did. He says, Abraham, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, man. There are times you've been afraid, but you don't have to be afraid anymore because you sealed the pact with me when you gave that tithe back to... Oh my God. Rabba, shika, rabba, sida. Whoa, God, thank you. 
Hallelujah. You made a pact with me. So you don't have to be afraid anymore. You know, Abraham, I have just, because of that act of faith that you did back there, I have just become your shield and your very great reward. That's powerful. That's mighty. Jesus. Now we need to look at the situation in chapter 15 because it gets thicker and it gets better. Because it's just it's increasing the faith of Abraham. It's increasing the faith, okay, from the establishment of his tithe giving. Look at look at with me at the situation, okay? God speaks in a vision to Abraham and tells him that the result of his faith, okay, that God, the result of what has happened in chapter 14, prompts God in a vision, right, to tell Abraham that he would be Abraham to he was going to be giving him two things. And you know chapter 15. What are those things that he was going to give him? Tremendous progeny and that he would give him land. Those are two. He says, boy, he's saying, Abram, you are learning quick, man. Man, wow. Wow, I got some things I need to share with you. I like what you did back there. You recognize. You know, and it was all spiritual. Melchizedek didn't have to say, hey, Abram, do you know what happened back there? Whoa, the power of God and the angels of God were with you. And man, you got to give him your all. You got He didn't have to say anything. He just said, blessed be Abram, servant of the Most High God. And it just, the Holy Spirit transmitted the information from the Spirit of God into his heart. And he just recognized this is God. He's here. He's involved. So now he's, now the Lord is coming to Abraham in a vision and he's going to, as a result of what he did in chapter 14, he's going to tell him, listen, I'm going to give you two things, okay? Progeny and the land. Now that's the situation, okay? Now look to the prayer. Look at the prayer with me, okay? Look at the prayer very carefully. Immediately, Abraham, in a prayer, asked God, okay, how will I know I will gain possession of it? In verse 8, chapter 15, right? Look what it says with me. Right? But Abram said, O Lord, O sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? Now, can you imagine Abraham saying that? He says, The Lord tells him, I'm going to give you progeny. I'm going to give you the land that you're standing on. Can you imagine Abraham saying, O Lord, how will I know that I will gain possession of it? Are you really going to do it, man? Can you picture Abraham like that? Or can you picture Abraham come, Oh Lord, how will I know my God if I, your servant, will get possession of it? Oh my God. See, it's attitude. Attitude is everything in the kingdom of God. Attitude. Okay? That's the prayer. Now listen here. That's the prayer. Now look. Look at the giving part. Okay, he just ushered that prayer. He sent it out. Now look at the giving part. You got to really pay close attention to this. Watch the giving part. God tells Abraham, okay, so he says, bring me. He says, bring me. Verse 9, can you read it with me? So the Lord, he sees Abraham, he prays, and he says, Lord, how will I gain possession of it? Prayer released. And then the Lord says, okay, Abraham, I'm, I'm just going to continually train you in this, this service of giving to me so that you can continue to claim my blessings in your life. So he says, 
So the Lord said to him, verse 9, Bring me a what? A heifer, a goat, a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Five sacrifices. Five is the symbolical number for service. Okay? Five is the symbolical number for service. God was calling Abraham, okay, to serve him by giving to the Lord. He's training him. Abraham, you're serving me. But people don't know that we are serving God also and worship him when we give to him. Now hear me out. Very important. How many of us are not experiencing the fulfillment of God's promises because every time the offering plate is passed by, you cannot hear God saying, bring me, bring me, test me. He says in Malachi chapter 3, right, Pastor Christian? He says, test me. He just doesn't want you to give. He says, you know what? I know it's hard for you to give the whole thing. I know it is. Listen, it was hard for me when I was first a, a beginning Christian. But you know what? I got news for you. When I found out that it worked, man, I never ceased to give him. Because I know it's an act of worship. I'm serving my Lord. How many of us, okay, are not experiencing the fulfillment of God's promises and the blessings? Because every time this offering plate comes by, you cannot hear the Lord saying, bring me. And it's not just part of the tithe. Or a little bit of the tithe. It's the whole tithe, says Malachi. Can you turn to chapter 3 of Malachi? Don't forget, leave a piece of paper right in there. Go to Malachi chapter 3 really quickly. Just really quickly. Last book in the Old Testament. Okay? Look at the promises that we, that we miss out. And we know these promises. But it's a matter of releasing your faith. Look what it says, verse 8. What happens when you bring the whole tithe? <clears throat> First of all, God indicts people by saying that we rob Him. And what? How do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, He says. The whole nation of you because you are robbing me. Verse 10, bring me the whole tithe. Not half of the tithe. Bring me the whole tithe. Verse 10, into the storehouse, into the church, that there may be food in my house. Look what He says. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Blessing number one. The floodgates of heaven and poured out so much blessing upon you that you are not going to have room enough to contain it. Blessing number two, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. Your vines and your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. That's blessing number two. Of Some version says that he will rebuke the devourer. Not only would God open the floodgates of heaven, but also the floodgates, not just as a, a physical blessing, but there's also revelation that God wants to release to you. And I got news for you. It's crazy. And as hard as it sounds, there is revelational truth and, and a lot of grace that God wants to re release in our lives. But he can't do it because this part is being held back from him. It's not just money and finances is releasing. There's other stuff too. He says this the whole it's the cogs. Remember, the Christian life, it's just putting the spiritual cogs together so they function so that we claim all the blessings that belong to you and to me. Listen to the blessing number three. He says, verse number twelve. It says, Then all nations will call you blessed. Okay, for yours will be a delightful lands, says the Lord. My God, when God, when people see that you are blessed, okay? Now, listen, 
You might not have very much. Okay? But you know what? You will never lack. God promises. He will bless you. We already talked about that. That spiritual, that richness that, that does not deal with just having material uh, uh, goods. Okay? It's being spiritually rich inside with the Lord because of your relationship. So people will recognize that there's something different about you. That whether you're rich, have a lot of money, or have little money, there's this joy and this gladness. There's this spiritual exuberance in your life that is tied to your relationship with God, but also because you're also giving to the Lord and He's just making you spiritually rich too. He's giving to you. He's pouring out. He's giving to you. <clears throat> now listen here. We have to remember that Abraham did just as God delivered Abraham from his enemies in chapter 14. God was ready to reveal to Abraham, okay, what was in store for his descendants in the future, but not before he brings the offerings, the tithe. Okay, you want to know the outcome? We already saw the situation, right? He gives the tithes in chapter 14. God tells him, listen, don't fear. I am your shield, your very great reward. That's the situation, right? Right? Then he prays, says, Lord, how will I gain possession of these two things that he revealed to Abraham in a vision? Progeny and the land. Okay? <clears throat> and then the Lord says, you bring me the five offerings. Look at the outcome. Pay close attention. He says, he sets the half. He cuts in half. The ram, the goat, the heifer, the turtle doves, and the pigeons. He cuts them in half and he places them separate from one another. Right? And then he falls into a sleep and he goes into a trance. And the Lord tells him, says, your descendants will be slaves in a land, not their own, for 400 years. And then I will take them and bring them to this land. Right? You know what it says. You, you've read it many times. Okay, then all of a sudden he wakes up and he sees this torch of flame go through the 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 the, the, the sacrifices. Whoosh! Right? Symbolizes the presence and the power of God. But more than the presence and the power of God, God was saying through that whoosh that he had accepted the sacrifice. That offering of Abraham. And that he would remember the pact that he made with him in chapter 14. Is everybody keeping up here with me? Is everybody following me? Okay? It's powerful. Powerful. Saying, Abraham, boy, you got an A plus. Boy, you're going to be, you could do it really good. Okay? Now keep an eye on the pattern of prayer. Prayerfully giving to God. In chapter 14, the combination of prayerfully giving to God brings what? Victory and deliverance from the king. He rescues Lot. Okay? In chapter 15, if you're paying close attention, the giving of these offerings, these five offerings brings what? What, is it, what does it bring? It brought deliverance. In chapter 14, it brings what? It brings what? Revelation brings revelation brought victory back there but that's not that was the need back there 
That was the need back there. He needed, he needed to be rescued. Lot needed to be rescued. He needed supernatural protection. Abram, as he goes, God wipes him away. But now the need is different. Now Abraham gives him this offering because he's in need of God reveal. And did God reveal him the future? Yes, he did. Your descendants will be slaves in a land not their own. 400 years, right? The revelation came. But not, okay, not before considering how, how prayerfully giving to God brought this outcome. The Lord will do the same for you and for me. Promise. It's sealed. We're of the seed of Abraham. Are you? Are you of the seed of Abraham? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What are you in need of? Well, I could tell you right now. I am in need of financial breakthrough. There was an author from Dallas Theological Seminary, Pastor Christian and I were talking uh, the other night how the Lord just took him out of this kind of cessationistic background. Cessationism is, is just a belief that the gifts, the power of the Spirit working through miracles, signs, and wonders ceased when the Bible became canonized and, you know, together. But he realized that it's not true. And when the Lord just really came in power and baptized him in the Spirit, before that happened and before his breakthrough, he was going through a lot of stuff. He wanted to quit the ministry, severe poverty, sickness. The devil was just really beating on him. And the Lord sent different people to encourage him. He said, listen, I don't know what's going on, but I know God is involved in all this. Hang in there. Now, I'm going to make a confession to you, and you're, gonna, you're probably not going to like me from what I'm going to tell you, okay? Okay, uh, but I, this is the way it is. I told the Lord I would confess. And uh, I know that, that you'll understand where I'm coming from because I'm a servant of the Most High God. Okay? But I just wanted to tell you, I thank those of you that pulled in your resources and sent me those $3,100. Okay? Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless you. You are just positioning yourself. You don't know what you have done. You have created something, a blessing, that is going not to just affect you, but is going to affect the whole new Philadelphia church. <laughs> now my wife is a Sarah. Sarah wanted to do everything the opposite of what God was revealing to Abraham. Okay? Well, I'm gonna, believe me, you're going to laugh. You're going to, you know, I'm going to share it with you. But my wife, when we received that money, she's like, oh my God, the credit cards are calling. Great, you got the money. You got to go to the lawyer. Bankruptcy. Yes, come on. It's just the right amount. Then we'll have a little bit left over to pay our bills. And I'm like, oh, God. And then I'm just talking to, you know, my high caliber pastor friends, evangelists that I have, prophets. And they're saying, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm just like, God, my wife, hey, uh, pay the lawyer, get the bankruptcy. And my, my brothers and sisters in Christ, hang on there. God is coming through. And I'm like, <laughs> so what do I do? I come before God and I said, Lord, Father, your word says that there's a promise. Your word says in Colossians chapter 2, 3, in whom are the treasures of all knowledge and wisdom, Lord Jesus. I need wisdom now. I 
claim the wisdom that you promised in chapter 1, verse 5 through 8 of James, Father God. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. But let that man or woman not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. And the Spirit said, Michael, I have I have placed in the hearts of the people to send you that money because I'm going to liberate you and bless you, but I want them to receive the blessing before I bless you. Listen to what God is telling me. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm listening. How is this going to come about? I want you to take the three, the $3,000 I'm going to tell you, I spend $100 on gas and on groceries, okay? <laughs> and this is what the Holy Spirit says. I want you to send it as a seed into the mission field. I obeyed. I obeyed. That's a chance and I have to take. When you have the devil going, <laughs> how about the bankruptcy? There's the money. And your wife is right. And I'm like, you're a liar. You're a liar. I sent that money out. And the Lord gave me the greatest peace. And my wife is going absolutely nuts now. Oh, my God. She is like unbelievable. Even a prophet friend said, brother, said, oh, God. And I said, listen. So I said, listen, I know the voice of my God. So when I told, uh, and I just got to confess something to you, okay? In November of 2008, a prophet by the name of Denny Kramer came to our church. He's, he's a regular. He comes in regular because he's got a very powerful gift. So he was prophesying to people. He came over me. Okay, and I got I give God the glory because I don't know what he's doing and I just have to trust him. He came over me and he laid hands on me and he gave me word. And part of the word was that I would be giving to the mission field in the millions of dollars one day. Wow. Here I'm in like in the beginning throes of bankruptcy. And when he gives me that word, it gets even worse. Got worse. You know why it got worse? Because God wanted to see if my heart was full of covetous and say, Wow, hey, I'm going to be a real wealthy guy. God wanted to see my reaction. Okay? So when you send that, that money, I sent it in. It's, it's already being used to reach nationals in India, Mexico, Singapore. Give, give God the glory right now. That's a chance and a half to take, right? But you know what? Like I was telling Christian, I don't know what God is doing, but God is just kind of bringing this whole thing and it's just fixing it just for, for his glory. And I got news for you. You're going to be part of this blessing. <laughs> you folks are going to be part of this blessing. Okay? So I tell you, listen, expect a huge blessing for New Philadelphia Church. Expect it. Expect it. So now that I confess that, I feel better. Let's go back to the study, okay? 
But let's look at the situation. We already know that uh, in chapter, go back to Genesis, right? Let's go back to Genesis. In chapter 16, you know it's Hagar and Ishmael, right? In chapter 18, it's chapter 16, chapter 15, right? We already read what God did with Abraham when he gave those the offering. Chapter 16, what happens in chapter 16, okay? Well, let's look at the situation uh, as we go to chapter 18, okay? But keep your eyes on what is going on in chapter 16. Just kind of skip 17 because it's just circumcision, okay? We already know that the prefiguration, the symbolical portrayal of circumcision was the circumcision of their, you know, you know, the God, they had to circumcise it, but it's really a prefiguration of the circumcision of, of your heart, okay? But let's go and read what the Word of God says in 18. Let me tell you the situation. Here's the situation. God comes to Abraham now physically, all right, through three angels, of which one, the Word of God says, is the Lord. Why did God come to Abraham physically? Okay? Now, you're going to, Probably you've never seen this before, but just follow along with me, okay? And I gotta untie this before I slip and fall. <clears throat> Why did God come physically? Why did God come physically to Abraham through these three angels that one is being prefigured? Is the Lord. Not be fair. He's the Lord. He's the pre-incarnate Christ. That's where in theology we call a Christophany. It's the appearance of God before his incarnation. In his pre-incarnate state. Okay? Before he became incarnated, Jesus showed himself different time. This is the Lord Jesus. Because it says later on in chapter 18 that the two angels went to uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. But Abraham stood before the Lord. Now why? That's a good question. That's why? Did God come to Abraham and these three angels? Let's look at that. It's important, right? Now look, if you look at chapter 15, right? God just finishes revealing to Abraham, okay? You're going to get all, you're going to have so many progeny. You're going to have all this land. And he's just freaked out, right? He puts out, right? Could you imagine if Abraham said, uh, uh, what? Five, uh, five offerings? But I love that heifer. I mean, I love that ram. But he's so cute. My kid plays with that ram, Lord. You know? No, he put it, right? He gave it, right? The Lord revealed to him, right? The Lord reveals him, right? Ba 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 ba. Your progeny, I mean, your, your progeny is going to be here 400 years, etc., etc., right? He's just flipping out. He goes back home. Can you picture him? Right? He goes back home and he says to Sarah, Sarah! You gotta listen to what God's gonna do. God has just spoken to me. Oh my God! You, you remember? Anybody see Close Encounters of the Third Kind? That movie. Anybody see that movie? Anybody see Close Encounters of the Third Kind? When uh, when he goes back, when the guy sees the, this thing, right, and then he goes back to his family, and he's got uh, what do you call his uh, his face is all burned, and he goes, he goes, honey, in the middle of the night, you gotta get up, you gotta see this. There's this. There's this thing, this wishy thing, you know? I can picture Abraham. God appeared to me. You gotta, I gotta tell you, it's so great. Abraham, uh, Sarah, we're gonna have so many, so many people in this land. It's gonna be ours. And she's looking at him. She's saying, Abraham, you've been out in the sun too long, man. <laughs> Abraham, what's wrong with you? Okay, so what is, what is, 
Listen, he just told his wife what God was going to do. What does she do? She does the opposite thing in chapter 16. He just told her, God is going to give us an heir to have progeny. What does she do? She can't wait. Abraham, I don't know if I believe this guy up there you're talking about. I don't know if I believe God. Take Hagar and give me a child. Think about that. Think about it. She doubted. She doubted. So now, Abraham is like, oh my God, Lord, what am I going to do now? I'm running ahead of you. I got a wife that doesn't understand. She's driving me nuts. Oh Lord. God, you are the living God. You made the heavens and the earth. Lord, I have one request. God of God Almighty, you told me that I would have progeny and that I would be the owner of this land. Dear Lord, I have a request from thee, my God. I need you to come and visit me in person and tell me that I'm going to have an heir. You need to come. Come so I can see you with my eyes. What happens? He comes. Those three angels. Right? He does, right? Look what happens. What happens here? He comes to him. And what happens? At the minute he sees them, he brings the angel. He brings. He tells the angels to come. He says, "My Lord." He realizes immediately that it's God. Okay, immediately he realizes that it's God. What happens? He says, "Let me wash your feet and let some preparation food be done." What happens? He feeds them, and then after he feeds them, he already prayed. Right? He makes that prayer, God. You can just picture Abraham. You got to come. I got to see. You got to tell me in person. I, I'm just going. My wife is driving me nuts. I ran ahead of you. Come in person. God comes. He feeds them. And then afterwards, the angel says to Abraham, you will indeed have in a what? an heir. We already saw the prayer. He prayed, right? He had to pray he had to make that prayer to tell God to come and give him that witness. Where was the giving? Where was the giving? Didn't he feed the angels and wash their, their feet? That's the giving right there. Why would you think the angel after eating and having their feet washed comes up to Abraham and says, Abraham will surely have an heir. Right? And what happens? You know, the offering that Abraham gave to God impressed him so much. So much. You know why? Because all of a sudden, the angel says, the two angels go, and he stands before the Lord, and he says, must the Lord hide from Abraham what he's about to do? What happens? His offering has impressed God so much that he's just released. He's just released the promise, the, the, the thing that, that Abraham was looking for. Yes, I, you are going to have an heir. Don't worry. You are going to have an heir. 
Okay? But it has impressed him so much that he begins to tell Abraham that he's going to Sodom and Gomorrah with those two angels to see if what is going on there is of God. If not, that he'll know. Why is he telling him this? Why is he telling him this? You know why? Because when you give to God, your offering also qualifies you, just like Abraham's offering qualified to intercede for your loved ones who are unsaved. Think about that. Did he do that? Yes. He says, if there were 50 righteous, 30 righteous, you know, right? He came up to 10. There was not even 10 righteous. Not even 10 righteous. But you know what? He did intercede. Because he kept saying, how about if they're 20? How about if they're 10? So that, that already is saying, Abraham, tell me. Tell me what you want. I know. Look at your offering. It has impressed me. You fed me. You washed my feet. That's your offering. You prayed to me. You combined those two. I gave you your answer. But I'm telling you that your offering is impressing me so much that I want you to intercede now for your nephew, Lot. Do you and I, when we give our tithes completely, Remember of our loved ones who are unsaved? That's deep. Think of that. Right there. It's from the scripture. Do you? I'm doing that every time I give Father God in the name of Jesus. I give my tithe. Don't forget the family members that are unsaved. And I send it forth. Now we're going to get to the practical side. And we're going to end with this. When our praying and tithing are right before the Lord, God will move on our behalf. As an example, we can say, okay, that, that your prayer, okay, your prayer, it's like a missile. Think of your prayer as a missile. You want something from God, right? Think of a missile. Anybody have a pencil right now? Give me, somebody, give me a pen, pencil. This is your prayer right here, okay? This is your prayer. Stand up for a minute. My brother, come on, come over here. Come on, just stand right over here. Okay, this is this is answer prayer right here. Whatever it is, okay, whatever situation it is, this is this is just being used as a symbol. Okay, this is your prayer right here. Look, this is what's been happening. If you really pay attention, this is what's been happening. Okay, your prayer is like this missile, but this missile needs firepower to bring it to its. To his destination, right? So when you pray, right? And you give, it goes. <laughs> Thank you. Did everybody understand that? That's what's been happening. Prayer and giving has been combined and that have hit a target. The target of what? The target of deliverance for Abraham. The target of revealed revelation. But what do you want from the Lord? See, this is a, this is a deep, this is a very meaty teaching right now. But it's going to set you free. Now listen, to give you and encourage you, let me give you some more examples, okay? How about Hannah in 1 Samuel, right? She prays her missile. God, give me a child. Give me a child. I'm a barren woman. Right? Alright? So that's her prayer. Okay? And look at her giving. 
She says, if you give me this child in prayer, right? Remember, she was crying so much that Ellie thought she was, she was uh, drunk, right? And she says, woman, you know, get up, you know, come on, you stop doing this. Here's her prayer, right? Give me a child. What was her giving? She said, if you give me a child, excuse me, I will give him back to you. Did God give her a child? One of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. Right? Prayer. She prayed, right? She's looking around. She's a poor woman. Poor woman. Left out. She says, Lord, what can I give you? Lord, I'm just going to give him back to you. God says, you know what? You got it. It's yours. Samuel came to be born. And he's the one that introduced the first king in the theocracy uh, of Israel. Okay, next one in, Je- uh, in Judges. Jephthah prays, okay? God, give me victory over the Ammonites, okay? He's praying, God, this is a powerful nation coming against us. Give me victory against the Ammonites. That's the missile. What's his giving? He says, Lord, if you give me victory, whatever comes through that door, I'm going to sacrifice to you. Sad to say his own daughter came through the door when he came back from battle. But you know what? His prayer was combined with the giving. God heard it. It hit the target. What? Did he win against the Ammonites? Yeah. He won. You see how prayerfully giving goes and hits the target? How God answers and what time frame God uses to answer that prayer. That's between you and God. Sometimes it'll be right away. Sometimes it'll take, but you know you're going to get an answer. You know. Two more examples. How about the widow at Seraphat? She prays to God. God, save me. I'm getting ready to die. My son and I, we're, we're starved. Okay? She says, God, we're starving. Help me. Help me. God ministers to, to Elijah all the way in the mountain. says, go. There's a woman. There's a widow in Seraphat. You've got to go. I have set things up for you. She's praying, right? The widow's prayer, God, help me. Please don't let me starve. What is her giving? Elijah comes, meets where it says, don't worry. Give me some cakes. Bake me up some cakes. Give me some food, right? Her prayer, Lord, keep me from starving. She gives to the prophet. Look what happens. Did, did she starve? Did she starve? She had so much. Because she combined her prayers with her giving. God will do the same for you. How about Cornelius? Remember Cornelius? It says that he was a lover of God, that he gave alms and he gave to the poor. It says that they come, they linger. All those things that we give to God, they linger. They stay before him and they say, look God. Wow, this is for you. You are glorious. You are mighty. You're awesome. This give us come up to you because of the faith of that man back there. What happens? He gives to the Lord. He gives so much. He gives so generously. Right? The prayer just kept praying. His giving. What happens? God says, I'm going to save this dude. I like him. I really like this guy. He's good. He's kind. He can serve in my church when I establish it. But he's just going to help a lot of people because he's so generous. And I'm going to send Peter 
going to send a message to Peter and Joppa, who is the town next door, and I'm going to come and have him preach the gospel. So his prayers and all those alms that raise up before the Lord, okay, his prayers and his giving came back before, came back, all right? And how, how were they answered? He got saved. He got saved. I'd like to finish with this tonight. When you unite your petitions with your tithes, when you intelligently give to the Lord, God will unite with Abraham's pack through Jesus Christ. That's why God's word says that we are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. You are an heir according to the promise. Okay? Why does God say Abraham's seed? Well, let me just go on here. Just as God blessed Abraham and was faithful to him, he will do the same thing for you. Okay? When you prayerfully give your tithes and offering, remember, it's not some of the tithe. It's the whole tithe God wants you to give. But give intelligently. Because when you give intelligently, you send your offerings and tithe on a mission. My mission was, Lord, you know what I'm in need is. But I send this... This, this offering that has come from you filled up because I love you, because I want you to be a blessing to them. Lord, you're doing something so huge that I have no conception. But Lord, you want to bless them. You're using them to bless me, but they're going to get the blessing first. So, tonight, please stand up. Stand up. Pastor Christian. It's obvious that God is revolutionizing this church in the areas, the way we forgive. It's obvious that God is revolutionizing this church in the way we look at the mundane so that we don't get caught with it, that we remember our relationship with God, the gold we find in the fire, the clothes, the salve. Folks, tonight, it's a big night. Some of you are going to never be the same in the areas of your finances. Remember, every time God reveals a biblical truth, He holds you responsible from that point on. Okay? You are all intelligent. You are very, you are just an intelligent bunch of brothers and sisters in the Lord. But the Lord says, Michael, I want to bless this church, He says. I want to bless this church, and I'm going to be open right now prophetically. Lord said, but tithes and offerings are being withheld from me. Okay? I'm going to tell you. This is my job as a prophetic person, too, besides an evangelist, and to teach God's word. Okay? Tithes and offerings are being withheld from me, Michael. And it's withholding blessing. Notice that God did not start with me sharing to you about tithes. He started with me sharing with you about getting your hearts unclogged from unforgiveness. Right? Because you can give and go be a good tither and you're not going to get any effects if your heart and your relationship with God is not in the right place. So God is doing something, but He's got to go in an area. He's got to go in a direction of order. Because it's better to obey than to what? Sacrifice. Tonight, I want those that want to be revolutionized in their giving to come up here and we're going to pray for you. We're just going to anoint you and we're just going to release. No big prayer. No, uh, you know, if the Lord gives me a, a prophetic word, but I want you to come up 
Somebody put some music on, please. The anointing of the Lord is flowing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He is doing his business right now. He started already. The enemy has just put some little little things in there. Okay? Okay? And I just want to tell you, okay, that um, that Close Encounters uh, a movie that I did, that was before I was saved. So I don't look at that stuff. I don't believe in UFOs. That's all demonic. So... You know, I rebuke anything that's coming between God's people right now in Jesus' name. Pastor, the Lord Jesus is telling me right now that you are to take the anointing. I, hallelujah, it's on you right now. You've been praying. The, whole, the Lord says you've been praying for that. You've been praying, hallelujah, that your people would be free and giving to the Lord. Because he says, I want to release so much. He says, anoint everyone that comes up. Because I'm getting to release, I'm getting ready to release my blessing. Just, just anoint them. He says, and just pray and release them in prayer. Go ahead. Says, you have that authority. You have the anointing right now. You're the pastor. God has released that anointing on you. Abasika rabashia, obobobobo rabasita rabasha, esebekerebeshinda rabakorobo, esabakara mashinda rasaka, ebere sotoro bashikiri. Oh my God. Some of you are not going to be the same. God is getting ready to transform your financial world. Some of you are going to be very wealthy in here. Some of you's businesses are getting ready to take off. God brought you here to fulfill a purpose, but He needed to get this part ready and in alignment with His will. God is here. God is here in the name of Jesus. He's getting ready to reveal it. Release it. Release it. Once you get prayed for and anointed, that anointing is released. That anointing to give, not to the church, not to the pastor, that anointing to give to God. To claim all that is that the devil has stolen from you. It's going to come back to you. Sobo sobo Ese bebe bebe shete bebe shanda